Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and Spanglish. Welcome to Latino Stories. I'm Elena Fowles. My guest today is Samantha Ceballos. Samantha Ceballos is an English literature PhD student at the University of Texas at Austin. Her research focuses on Latinx, Chicanx literature, popular culture, and poetry. Samantha received her MA in Literature, Creative Writing, and Social Justice at Our Lady of the Lake University, and her BA in English at the University of Texas at San Antonio. Her poetry has recently appeared in El Mundo Surdo Siete, and Boundless, the anthology of the Rio Grande Valley International Poetry Festival in 2020. Bienvenida a este episodio, Sam. Muchas gracias. I'm so excited to be here. Sam, you grew up in Texas, correct? I did, yeah. I'm a Tejana all the way. Great. Uh, tell me about growing up Latina in, in South Texas. It was kind of weird just because, so I was born in Brownsville, my family's from Brownsville, my husband's from Brownsville, so it, you know, it's just always been a part of who I am. Um, but when I was little, we had to move to a suburb um, outside of Houston because mm -hmm. my dad couldn't find a job in the, in the valley. Mm -hmm. um, so I grew up for a few years in Brownsville with my family, surrounded by the culture and the border and, you know, the food, the family, the fun. Um, and then I moved to Katy, Texas, um, where it was a little bit different because it was more diverse, which was something that I wasn't used to. Mm -hmm. um, so I spent a lot of time there and I felt really weird because I had a lot of different, I was exposed to a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't feel like I got to really grow up Latina when I was in Katy. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't actually until I moved to San Antonio for college that I started to excavate those, Reconnect. you know, what mm -hmm. it meant to be Latina, Chicana. Um, so growing up, you know, I'd get little bits and pieces of the culture from my abuelas, from my tias, my tios, my parents. Um, but it wasn't really until college that I got to explore a lot more. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's always been fun, big family, big parties all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can read some of your experiences of growing up in South Texas in your poems. Can you read the Abecedarian uh, for the Borderlands for us? Yeah, of course. Um, this is one of my favorite poems. Um, <laughs> Abyssidarian for the Borderlands. Before the land was ripped in two, we roamed the river freely. A border barred us, creating othered selves. Dad made sure to instill in us, we are American. He evaded the questions about our other. Forgetting generations had lived here before the term American, and the great lands came together and made us hyphens. I played each summer just out of reach of the motherland, keeping two feet grounded on free soil, long enough so that my toes forgot how tierra madre felt on hot skin. Mommy hid her tongue between Chile, but never taught us what she was hiding. Only now do I realize papi y mami swallowed shame que no querían compartir. Rivers ripped open the land, but borders sanctified its builders to believe their sins absolved. 
un día verás la herida mal, la hierba mala del odio aferrada en tu cuerpo, violently rooted in the land, waiting for sisters to scrape bones free of yellowed rot produced by zonas imaginarias de separación. I love it. I love it. It's so, it's so good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, have you, did you read it to your parents? No, I did not read it to my parents. They actually um, heard a live stream of an event where I read it. What um, was her, their reaction to it? I have not asked. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. <laughs> well, this is great. I mean, it's, it's, it touches so much on, I mean, I grew up across Bronzeville in Matamoros and, and I think of, I mean, it transported me to living in the borderlands, right? Like being so close to the U.S. and vice versa and, um, and not really like understanding that that was another country, but not really, you know, because it's so much part of your daily experience that you don't think of it in that way. Yeah, I mean, I remember being little, my parents would take us to, or my tíos would actually would take us to Lincoln Park, mm -hmm. right across um, from the university. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I went back to Brownsville for a, a project that I was writing about Brownsville. And I went to Lincoln Park and I looked and I saw the fence. Mm -hmm. And I asked my dad, I was like, is that what I think it is? And he's like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's where the border starts. And so it was it was crazy to think like I would play on that playground as a kid and not know what that fence was. Right, right. Um, so. Absolutely. Um, Samantha, I know you mix Spanish into your writing. Can you tell me a bit about your experience with language? Uh, did you always like, um, you know, grow up with both languages? Was there ever a time where um, you had sort of a complicated relationship with either English or Spanish? <laughs> Um, yeah, so Spanish was actually my first language. My abuelita, uh, who took care of me, both of my abuelitas um, spoke Spanish. Um, mm -hmm. So that was what I learned. Um, so I, I grew up speaking Spanish, but I lost it when I was three because my mom, my parents and I moved to New Mexico for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a lot of English TV that I was watching. Um, so when I came back, my abuelita was like, what happened? Where's her <laughs> Spanish? Que pasó? Um, So I, after that, I guess I just latched on to English. Mm -hmm. um, and I have had a complicated relationship with Spanish and English just because I don't feel like I can master either one. Mm -hmm. um, so I have very bad Spanglish. Um, <laughs> I would say very good Spanglish. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I guess it depends on who you're talking with. Um, but yeah, like I remember I'd have people correct my Spanish, even though, you know, it was a different dialect of Spanish that I was speaking just because I grew up with Valley Spanish and mm -hmm. then in San Antonio there's the San Antonio Spanish that you speak <laughs> and so it's been an interesting journey and I'm still learning and there's definitely no way I'd survive a technical conversation in Spanish. <laughs> I don't think I can either. So you know. <laughs> Even though Spanish is my my native language but there are certain um, areas right where I never learned Uh, that terminology in Spanish, right? Yeah, mm. it's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> do you, do you write always in both languages? Do you incorporate, is that something that sort of, I'm always curious to, I've done a little bit of creative writing and I don't think I can write fully in one language or the other. Most of the stuff that comes out is in both languages. Um, so I'm curious 
about your your experience with writing and creative sort of creative writing, right? When you, I don't I don't think I can write in either language. Just mm -hmm. well, I take that back. Um, a lot of my poetry is in English, um, and I guess it just depends on the subject matter. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm writing about home, or if I'm writing about uh, something personal, more than likely it'll be like English and Spanish. Um, but if I'm writing more of just a traditional observation poem or, or something a little bit different, then a lot of times it'll come out in English. Mm -hmm. But what I end up doing is I'll read it out loud. And if I feel like I can transition one way or the other, mm -hmm. um, then I'll try to incorporate it. But but really, I don't know. I guess it just depends on what comes out and, and how I end up editing it that, that determines what uh, language is going to show up on the page. Right, right. Uh, were you always interested in becoming a writer, a poem, spe uh, poet specifically? My mom will tell you yes, that I've always, <laughs> I was always meant to be a writer. Um, a poet, I didn't realize that I wanted to be a poet until I was in maybe end of high school, beginning of community college, mm -hmm. um, because I was able to find a community that was actually supportive mm -hmm. of my writing. Um, and I felt empowered by being able to write. Um, so I didn't always know, though my mom always thought like, no, yeah, she's going to be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, now I'm on this journey of trying to figure out how to be an academic and a poet at the same at time. The same time. <laughs> Have you written in other type of writing, like uh, other genres? I do. I've also done a short story. Um, mostly, a lot of my work is poetry. Uh, when I was younger, I I was very into producing short stories. Um, but it also depended on what creative writing class I was taking that semester. Mm -hmm. So if I was in a poetry class, I'd actually end up producing more short stories. And if I was in short in a fiction class, I'd be producing more poetry. It never made sense. Is that a rebellious nature on you that you're telling me I about? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Nessia. Nessia. <laughs> Always. Uh, Samantha, Samantha, I'm learning that San Antonio is a place for creative expressions. Like, there is a lot of artists, uh, painters, muralists, writers, poets like yourself. How has this environment shaped you as an artist? You, you just mentioned that you found sort of community that supported, you know, your, your uh, poetry, poetry writing. So tell me about where you fit in this world. It's interesting. I don't know if I quite fit just yet, um, but the community here has been so amazing. Like being able to go to Our Lady of the Lake and be able to meet those writers because they'd be writers in residence with us. Mm -hmm. um, but also just the, the students that I was with who are also just amazing poets who add to the vibrancy of the community. Um, knowing that there's spots where you can just do poetry slams, even universities hosting poetry slams. Um, the artwork también is super inspiring. Mm -hmm. um, the veladora on the west side, like the first time I saw it in person, like I just had to stare at it mm -hmm. and figure out like, how can I capture this mm -hmm. for a later moment? I don't think I still have, but you know, mm -hmm. it's always it's always in the back of my mind. Um, and just to see how supportive people are of the arts is something that I love because I know that this isn't how it is everywhere. Right, right. That's what I, uh, so I've been 
eating up all the theater scene here. <laughs> I, I think San Antonio is getting all my money <laughs> in theater tickets. Uh, and I love it. You know, I love that that's um, – it's not um, something um, – I want to say, I don't know what the word is. It's not unique, but something like, oh, like we have theater, but it's incorporated into, into the life of San Antonio. Like we have artists that do this or that. And, 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 I, and I can see that. I can feel it in the city. Um, what would you say is the inspiration to your writing? What, what, uh, what drives that? Like, is there a, um, a particular... Uh, theme that you explore or is it several or has it changed throughout the years? I feel like it's changed throughout the years, but I mostly just try to excavate my family roots mm -hmm. and figuring out like, what does it mean to be Mexican American? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to have grown up the way that I did both here and, and not from here? Mm -hmm. um, and does pertain to like the borderlands. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like that's because I wasn't fully immersed in it when I was little. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how big of a deal it was to inhabit that space. Right. Um, and so once I was introduced to Gloria Saldua and her works, um, and I realized that a lot of what I was feeling, she also felt. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that was a catalyst for moving into this form of writing, but then also trying to find out who the women in my family are. Um, because women normally don't have a voice in, in traditional Mexican families. Right. And so I wanted to see who they were. I wanted to figure this out. Um, I wish I had done it sooner because by the time I wanted to do this, both of my abuelas had passed. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's just getting the stories that I can, looking at the pictures and kind of just trying to see, like, what was it like for them to have all of these children to be the women, the very strong women that mm -hmm. they were, mm -hmm. um, and how some of that has been instilled in me. And the same right. with my mom and my tias. Um, so that's, you know, that's one form of, of the writing that I do. And then the other, I've really gotten into um, observing um, just because I have so much free time on the bus when I'm going to <laughs> campus in Austin um, and just kind of sitting, no music, watching, mm. looking at the landscape and the people and, and just observing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I guess, the next step that I'm taking is, is going that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, besides your PhD program, which I know can be intense and time consuming, uh, what creative projects are you working on? So I am working on some more visual poetry. I do um, visual poetry as well. I would like to have a small collection in the next three, four years ready to for someone to look at. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm working on that. Um, I also do a lot of work with comic books, um, and I would I would like to start maybe thinking about writing comic books. Um, definitely not drawing, <laughs> um, but, you know, writing a script of some sort for a comic book, maybe that will happen one day. Um, well, that would, your abuelas can be part of the, the protagonist. Would, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Las abuelas, sí. Las abuelas, yep. Um, but yeah, so the visual poetry, regular poetry, um, the comic book, and um, just short stories whenever 
cuando salgan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? Great, great. Thank you, Samantha. Is there anything else you want to add to this conversation about your work, your um, now as a PhD student? I think it's just been such an experience and I'm learning so much about myself as a writer. Um, and I want to keep rebelling because that's always fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that this is a huge part of my life and it keeps me sane and it keeps me focused on why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, because it's not just for me, it's for my family mm -hmm. and for the women in my family who couldn't come this far in education. Um, so I think that's, that's what my writing, it helps ground me. Right. I feel like that's such a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. It is. Samantha, gracias por esta conversación. Thank you. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Yeah.